Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies, toddlers, a mixture of both, whether it's settling questions or breastfeeding questions, anything, anything that you're challenged with at the moment, Chris can give you some advice specific to your experience and tweak it to make life easier for you. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. You have a number of ways you can ask Chris your questions. If you're watching us via the Facebook Live, you can pop your question below the video in the comments section. If you're watching live, you could also call in. The number is one 800 and if you're listening to us via the podcast, just send us an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. So our first question comes from Angela, who has a six-month-old that's refusing the bottle. Yeah. I have to go, to sur- uh, go for surgery. That will mean I'm in hospital for at least 24 hours. I have a toddler and a six-month-old. My problem is my baby won't take the bottle. I've tried getting my husband to feed her when I'm not there, but she just cries and cries until she's so worked up I can, only I can settle her. I've been told that after the anaesthetic, I can't breastfeed for up to a week. Oh. Does that sound right? No. Okay, we'll get to that. (laughs) At the moment, she's on three breastfeeds a day plus solids. Some notes on her feeding. She has a very interesting sucking style. She only (laughs) takes the nipple tip, not the whole breast, much like a straw. I read that and I went, ouch, that sounds really painful. Yes, Um, but it gives us hope. Okay, and number two, I have tried Pigeon Bottle and Teat, Avent B&T, Nuke B&T, a few others too, with five types of formula and even breast milk. So she's tried everything. She won't take it, will not suck, even though everything else she puts in her mouth, she sucks. Yeah. One desperate night, I even resorted to trying formula in a syringe as she takes Panadol, but she just spits out the formula. My surgery is happening in eight weeks. What should I do to make sure that she will be okay when I'm in hospital and recovering? So the really good thing, in eight weeks, she'll be eight months old too. So she won't be a six-month-old. She'll be an eight-month-old. And this gives you a lot of flexibility. So what I would start doing is the reason she hasn't taken the bottle and the formulas when you read that is there's been too much going on. There's too much chopping and changing. So when I'm getting a baby on a bottle, I just pick one bottle, one formula, and that's it. The thing about the... um, can't breastfeed for a week with the anaesthetic. I'm not sure where that came from. It might be a very specific anaesthetic, but generally speaking, when we say have a a mum in the hospital that's gone for a bit of surgery after having a baby, um, they can usually breastfeed within four hours or we do what we call a dump, you know, pump and dump. We dump one and then they're fine after that. So go into that a little bit more, ask the anaesthetist a little bit more questions. There might be a very specific reason why they've said you can't breastfeed for a week. Um, But other than that, put aside, I think the benefit of her being closer to eight weeks is that we have time to get her to take a straw because that's the type of suck she does. So she's not used to having her mouth wide open because she sits on the end of your nipple to feed. So I think if we go with something much smaller, like a standard teat, if anything, um, 
But I think we get a bit of traction with the straw and I would be expressing each morning for the next eight weeks to have a really good supply of breast milk in the freezer. Um, Then whoever's looking after her, let's face it, if she gets thirsty, she'll take a drink. So you feed her before you go off to the hospital and, and then from then on, I would get people to give her regular sips of um, the cup with some breast milk into it and take her fluid that way. Through a straw. Through a straw. So I'd just get a straw and start teaching her how to use a straw. And each morning, morning for breakfast, lunch and dinner, um, or even in between, they put about 100 mils in the cup. And over the next few hours, they feed her that 100 mils, that 100 mils, that 100 mils. You might find you might get a bit of traction for those days that you're in hospital with she will take a bottle by the end of the day, but I certainly wouldn't force it. I'd just be putting a little bit in the bottle. If she takes it, she takes it. She should have um, a large teat on it, narrow teat, so a standard teat, maybe something like, can I mention a name? Oh, okay. So like the pigeon. And the other one that's really good for the baby who doesn't open its mouth is the medella, um, not the karma teat, but their normal teat because it has a really short nipple on it and she might feel more like she's taking something that feels a bit more familiar to her but I'd work on the straw and she's just going to drink drink little bits of breast milk all day um, for those days that you're in hospital. This isn't something that Angela has asked but I was just thinking this when you were talking about it. If Angela's in hospital for 24 hours and obviously she's going to have general anaesthetic that's a significant operation. Yeah. Um, what does she do for herself? She, we normally, if she would, if she was going back to breastfeeding, say the day after, and there wasn't the anaesthetic problem, you know that that might be occurring, then we just um, the hospital give her a pump, and she can pump it, and she just throws it out because it's got anaesthetic in it. Okay. So they pump and dump. Yeah. And then that keeps the body stimulated yeah. so that then um, she'll be able to continue breastfeeding. So an eight-month-old's on three, well, four breastfeeds. So she would just express four times in 24 hours. Yeah. And her milk supply will be perfectly fine for that next day after she can resume breastfeeding again. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good question, though. All right. Good luck, Angela. Hope it all goes well. It sounds positive, though. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it. She can She can get through 24 hours of sipping out of the cup. So, you know, don't don't let it work up to a big thing but I would start expressing because breast milk is the most familiar thing that she's that she's been sucking. Okay brilliant our next call uh, question comes from Beck, who is on the line Beck has a 19 month old how are you Beck? Oh hi I'm good thank you. Tell us what's going on what's your question for Chris? Um, so my question is uh, day sleep yes. so we've, we've tried a number of things he's he, we haven't transitioned him to one sleep yet oh. um, because he just can't quite get there for long periods of time. So, um, and he gets tired. He gets up at about 6 a.m. and he gets tired around 10 a.m. or 10.30 and that's kind of when he gets put down to sleep. But then he only sleeps for about an hour or 15. Yep. And then he's very tired for the rest of the day. And so I normally have to put him back down at about 3 p.m. Yep. And he'll sleep for half an hour or maybe an hour. And I try to have him up by... Four, yeah, and then goes bedtime is seven. Yep, and he used to, he used to sleep from seven till seven, which was amazing. Um, but now it's getting earlier and earlier. That's and I'm right. Just like, yeah, if it moves into the five a.m. again, yep. I just don't think I can handle it. Yeah, you just so got to move I, him into one sleep. 
So it's quite literally, you just have to be at home for the morning, for three mornings, but I would move him to the earlier. So I would move him to the earlier time frame of putting him to bed. So the first one would be 11.30. So he can get whingy at 10 o'clock in the morning. You can pick him up, you can cuddle him, you can carry him around, you can distract him with water play, but you need to just bring him in slowly into that one sleep pattern because the two sleeps are now having an impact on your nights Mm, so i've tried a number of times we've been trying some different things you know at 11 or 11 30 sometimes even 12 yeah um and he'll only sleep for an hour and then he's up yeah yeah Yeah. so that's more about resettling because he takes two little sleeps in the day now so he's taught himself Mm. to have little sleeps like the hour and a quarter and the 40 Mm. minutes half an hour in Mm. the afternoon so usually if he was at a younger stage where he might have been having a bit more sleep in the day, we would reduce the first sleep slowly and that would increase the second sleep. So you could try this. Um, When you put him down at 10, you only give him 20 minutes sleep and you do it in the car or the pram so he doesn't drop into a deep sleep. And Mm. then when you put him down, say, at um, 2, he'll have a longer sleep. So he starts to longingate that sleep past that hour and a quarter or an hour and a half. So he Mm. might sleep from 2 till 4. So once you get down to that, where you've longingated and he has a longer sleep, then when you move him to one sleep, he'll just have that one long sleep. So Mm. if their babies have two short sleeps... Um, when you move out in a natural pattern to form the one sleep in the day, he'll just have a short sleep because that's Mm. all he knows how to do. Mm. So you could try that. You could try reducing that morning sleep down to 20 minutes, just accidentally on the weekend go to Bunnings and it takes 20 (laughs) minutes to drive to Bunnings at 10 o'clock because then he's happy at Bunnings because he wants to push and see everything. Um, And then you keep him going, keep him going, then put him down, I would say, somewhere between 1.30 and 2.00. You'll have to watch him a little bit. And then he needs to longingate one of those sleeps because that's the problem you have when you put him on one sleep. But those two sleeps are interfering with the way he sleeps at night. So you're sort Mm. of in this rock and a hard place. You know where you need to get to, but you can't seem to get there. So sometimes you just have to... So try the shortening sleep first for a couple Mm. of days, three or four days, see if it makes a difference. If it doesn't, you literally just have to go okay, sweet boy, we need to help you do this and and just keep getting him there. Because at 19 months, he normally wouldn't go to bed till 12.30. Yes. But no, he won't last that long. No, no, that's right. And, and I have tried going in and laying him down to settle to try and get him to Yeah, and he won't do it. Cycle, and he won't do, do it. it. Yeah, Cause, just because he's big, you know, he's up, <laughs> he's awake, he's larger <laughs> than life. How long, um, when we talk about that day sleep for yeah. um, this little boy, how long should it be? So um, Beck's saying he will only do an hour. Yep. What are you trying to get it to? About two hours. Okay. So the ideal would be to get him to go from either 11.30 to 1.30, then 12 till 2, to 12.30 to 2.30, ideally. Mm. Mm. But And he does do, but he doesn't quite do two hours in the day because he does a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the afternoon. I'm sure some days you get over two hours and some days yeah. you get less than two hours yeah and it's right. that two hour window that's making the difference so mm. maybe mm. let's try reducing the first sleep see if it long engages your second sleep okay yeah. and yeah. then when you get it down into that window and you feel comfortable then join the two together by pushing him into a one sleep um yeah area yeah. The, the only, yeah the difficulty is, is when he's at daycare he finds it really hard to sleep because he's in the, the you know 
the beds are in the main room, and so. Oh, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> so, his sleeps are all. How many days a day care does he do? Three. And does he do three in a row? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because if you did three in a row, then you have four days to set the pattern up so that then they can follow the pattern mm. off the back of what you've set up from home. Yeah. So that, that is, that's, we need a, you need to have a holiday for a week. <laughs> <That would be nice>. <laughs> <laughs> but Just, is it a holiday for Beck? Because she's the one that's coming to sleep. will when he sleeps for two hours in the middle of the day. It'll be a lovely holiday. <laughs> but, but can you see maybe what we do is shorten one sleep. And yeah, then, yeah. So at it's daycare, he won't sleep longer on the floor if they put him down for one sleep? No. So what happens is my partner is home in the morning, so he does the morning sleep. At, at home, home. my partner, yeah, and ah. then he takes him to daycare at around 12, and then oh. daycare try to put him down later and in the afternoon. Happen. It's, it's just nah. all over the place. I just yeah. can't get a passion. <laughs> he needs to go to daycare, weirdly. He needs to go to daycare earlier. Earlier, yeah. Right, yeah. I think that's what we need to move towards. Yeah, or maybe between us. the two of you with that work is to try and get him on the one sleep across one week, mm. you know, so he has it. And then he goes to daycare at one thirty, you know, after that morning yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just for a week and then, yeah. then they'll be able to you'll be able to convert it to twelve o'clock to two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll give it a go. Good luck. All right. Good luck, <laughs> Thank Beck. Bye bye. Our bye. next question comes from Rhiannon, who has an eighteen month old. Hi Rhiannon. She's um, asking this question from Facebook. Yeah. What is the latest time? What is the latest time you'd get your little one to sleep in that it doesn't affect the day? So my 18-month-old is on one sleep, can yeah. wake anywhere between 6.30 and 8 a.m. I don't let him sleep past 8 a.m., but just wondering. Usually the latest I do is 7 a.m. because otherwise you run out run out of hours to put him down for a sleep. So if their day is about 13 hours long. So I think 7, they go to bed at 7.30, that's reasonable, or 8 at the latest. But to give him a reasonable sleep in the day, if you start your day at 8 o'clock, he won't, in theory, be going to sleep till 9 o'clock at night. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, wake him up at 7. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 6.30, 7 is really reasonable. 7, he'd go down for a sleep at 12.30, sleep till 2, and he'd go down to sleep about 7.30 at night. And I think that's pre- pretty pretty much where parents would like them to be. So you just got to be careful if he wakes at 8, he may not go to sleep till 9 o'clock at night. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's your choice. You may not yeah, mind you might that, like that. Yeah. yeah. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This next question comes from Claire on Facebook. I have a three-year-old who now refuses to use the toilet and have tried a lot of things, and I have a one-month-old with colic and is up most of the night crying, and I've changed his formula, gripe water and colic drops, and nothing seems to work. Um, He isn't having any issues pooing and no gas comes up. Any tips? Okay. Which one do we tackle? Hmm. 
Okay, Claire. I, if you've got a one-month-old, I would take a break with the toilet training. That's the first thing. Take some pressure off yourself. Put nappies back on. Deal with it in a month's time when you get your little one more settled. Um, otherwise, you're, you're battling two, you know, you're trying to climb two hills at, a, at one time and it's not going to work. So let's say, take some pressure off the three-year-old. Put her into pull-ups or him, her into pull-ups during the day. Don't mention the toilet unless she says, I want to go to the toilet, then take her to the toilet. Let's do that for a month, revisit that in a month's time, and let's get your little one-month-old a little bit more settled. Now, one-month-olds usually do cry at night. They usually have an unsettled period across four or five hours where they cluster feed and they whinge. They don't actually go to sleep. If you put them down, they cry. If you pick them up, they don't cry. And that's particularly normal in that age group. And it gets better as they hit that six-week mark. So I think that part of that unsettledness of the crying at night is a little bit about what little newborns do. Um, can you talk to us about colic? Because we hear that word a lot. Yeah. What, what is colic? Like, how can you tell if so your baby has it? Generally, colic is where the lower bowel is a little bit inflamed um, in the newborn and it causes rhythmic pain. Now, it can be confused with wind and it could be confused with reflux. Um, but it's usually a baby who's quite distressed. They move their legs a lot. It's in the lower bowel part. Uh, they seem to, it seems to come in spasms and waves. So it's like, it's like they have a little crying period and then they stop and calm and then they have another little crying period. So winds usually can move by wind in them. Um, and if you give them something like wind drops or something like that, they'll bring up a nice big burp through their feed and that gets out. Is that gripe water? That or could be the gripe drops? water yep. and colic drop type things. Colic can be a little bit more disruptive from that. So um, it's more low about, it's more continuous. They usually grow out of it by 12 weeks. Um, things like stomach calm work well for those babies. And some babies, it's the way they're digesting milk. So that's where we might take milk out of the mother's diet and it makes it much easier on the baby. So the woman just stops drinking milk? She All milk products. Right, all dairy. Yeah, I have is, heard of this. Yeah, so you take out yogurt, cheese, whole milk, like, you know, milk you put on your cereal and your tea and your coffee. It's quite dramatic. And also milk chocolate. Oh, what? <laughs> so it's this not is even, a bit much. It's not even worth it, is it? Holy um, moly. But if you take that out, and that might be something that Claire could try, if you take out all your milk products, not your trace elements, that's things like in bread and, and muffins, but if you take that whole milk dairy, it might just ease his gut a little bit where it's not wind. Okay. And that might make him a little bit more comfortable. And then he's, once he's comfortable, you slowly introduce it back and just find that level he can cope with. But that would help the colic. Okay, and that's very different to the reflux baby. So all those behaviours, all that crying, that discomfort can get really confusing. Um, but babies do have an unsettled period overnight and that's quite normal. Okay, and so once, Claire, everything is okay with yep. your little one, come back and ask and us And then we'll the start on the training. toilet training yeah. again. One thing at a time. Yeah. Uh, this next question comes from Jade on the email. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old who is struggling with bedtime. Most nights it can take an hour and a half to Aww. get him off to sleep. He wanders out of his room repeatedly, even when he's exhausted. We walk him back, give him a kiss and a cuddle, leave the door ajar for him. It often results in us sitting and patting his back till he 
he goes off. We moved him from his cot to a big bed at just after two as he was climbing out of his cot even when he was in a sleeping bag. He wakes, yes, very smart. He wakes for the day at around 6.30 a.m., naps for one and a half hours at daycare, waking at 2.30 p.m. He struggles to nap for us at home, which usually results in a car ride to get him off, but is still tired enough for a nap when they go for the car ride. We then do bath, books and in bed for 7.30 p.m. He also often comes to our bed at 5.30 a.m. for the last hour of sleep. Should I be changing his nap or is this just behavioural? There's probably a little bit of both. You know, two-year-olds are creative when they go to bed. Um, But the thing that I can see from here is I'd probably have him up by two just to give him a little bit more time. He's obviously overtired at the moment. So I think the big key to this is he's probably also due to drop his sleep down. But this is a really common question that I get asked a lot, especially um, when for most children, I don't move them to a bed until they're two and a half when they have a lot more cognitive. And people say, well, I only moved him because he came out of the cot, but now he's coming out of the bed. So, you know, I just pick him up, put him back in the cot. But here we are down the track, two and a half, a half a year or six months later. Um, So what I would probably do, I think you're actually doing the right thing in settling him, cuddling him, give him a kiss, cuddle, put him back to bed. I think the timing's out, so let's have him up by 2. So that's putting him down at 12.30, getting him up at 2. If he won't go to sleep till 1, still get him up at 2 because he's probably telling you that what he really needs to do is decrease his day sleep. So let's see how he goes from getting up at 2, whether it's 1 till 2, he only has an hour sleep. That might make your 7.30 a little bit easier. Continue doing what you're doing. If that doesn't work, give him a car ride between 1 and 2, but only for 20 minutes. So what we're doing is just slowly weaning him off his day sleep. And then you give him 20 minutes, and then you put him to bed between 7 and 7.30. You have to watch him a little bit and see if he goes to bed a lot quicker and a lot easier for you. So let's go down to one hour. The next one from there is to 20 minutes in a car and then um, putting him to bed at 7.30 and continue doing what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Good luck, Jade. And we have a call now from Fiona on the line. Fiona, how are you? Not bad, thanks. How are you? Good. Good. I keep forgetting how old your little one is. Oh, well, um, he's 19 months now. 19 months. 19. What's yes. going on? So, Chris, I'm a little concerned about his um, behaviour at 19 months. I don't know if it's normal, but I find that all of a sudden he's become very attached to me and is not great in social environments. So when there's lots of new people or new children... Um, he gets overwhelmed. Want, yeah, really overwhelmed. And it takes him, you know, a good hour, you know, an hour or sometimes longer to become oh. settled. Oh, yeah. okay. And childcare, like he goes to childcare on a, when, oh, on a Friday once yep. a week. And they've noticed, like, and I've noticed the same thing. You know, he doesn't really want to interact with other kids. He yeah. likes being one-on-one with the carer that... You know, he's, he's, looking he's, he's a familiar with. Yeah. Um, and I'm just a bit worried on how I can help him, you know, become a bit more Independent. social, if you like. Yeah. I think at 19 months, how, how's his, how's his um, language, Fiona? Language-wise, um, words, you yeah. know, um, mama, you know, dad, dad. ball, um, no more, more. One word, like singular one word. words, singular yeah. words, yeah, um, but lots of singular words. Oh, I'd probably say he's got about 15, 20. Oh, yeah, so he's got a good good range but of words that he's using. Not too bad, yeah, but not you know, and I, he, 
he under, I know he understands Sounds more because if I just give him an instruction, he can, he can do follow it. it. Yeah, yeah, he can follow it. Definitely can do things. Yeah, and knows yeah. what he wants. Like he'll take my hand and take me somewhere if I need some, if he wants yeah. something or so forth. Okay. Um, okay. And I don't know if it's just because he doesn't have a lot of interaction with other kids because he he's my only one. Yeah. It does sound a little bit, but he's going to daycare and that's really going to help him bring that on. Um, and I'm they sure they're going to help to get him to socialise. He's not tired, is he? No, he sleeps really well. Like he sleeps there for an hour and he sleeps from, you know, 7.30 to 6, 6.30. And what's he sleeping for you at home? He sleeps for me at home, you know, um, in the afternoons he'll sleep anywhere between one and a half to two hours. Oh, okay. So he's doing well there. Maybe it's just that the transitions are too fast for him. So some kids just take longer to adjust from one situation to another situation. So Mm. say you're going to take him to playgroup. Yes. Then I don't talk a lot about playgroup before we get there because he might get yeah. himself a little bit anxious about, Worked up. you know, here yeah. we are and you're going to put me in this playgroup. Mm. So I would say we're going to play with the kids. That's about it. Pack him up, yeah. go to playgroup. And then I'd actually keep him close to you and just just yeah. keep him close. Before he even wants to keep close, I'd keep him close. And then I'd say, oh, Jack's over there in the sandpit and Sally's over there, you know, on the swing. Mm. And and then after about five, ten minutes, then I'd take him over to the play, to the sandpit, and I'd actually sit at the sandpit with him yeah, for a little bit yeah. and play and then and see if he can add your way. So some children need a lot longer in that transition. And that's what he needs, I think. Yeah. yeah. Had any situation like that. Yeah. And he might just put be, him down. Yeah, that's right. So So don't. Just hold okay. him for a little bit, hold him, let him re- get reassured, reassured, then pop him down, then get down on his level and then walk mm. away. And I'm sure that that's what they're doing at daycare as well. You know, yeah. they keep reassuring him and then they keep trying to take him out into that little area. So to me, it just feels like he just needs that little bit more time, a little bit more reassurance to get there. And would two days at childcare, like two consecutive days, do you think help? It does that? help. It does, you know, the recommendation two consecutive days or yeah. two days, but yeah. two consecutive days, for, especially with him, gives yeah. him familiarity, lets him form a friendship, well, he's 18 well, yeah, months, 19 no, months, yeah. but form a friendship, so to speak, yeah. um, play side to side next to other kids, yeah. um, bigger attachment to the daycare workers as well. So you could, if, if you don't need two days, you could do two shorter days, like a short day and then a longer day. Mm. So you could do like 9.30 to 3 on one day and then he might do whatever you need on the yeah, Friday. And yeah. that might just help him a little bit more along the okay. lines. And then just even going out a little bit, like sort of like heading out to like yeah. library, um, you know. Yeah, the music story time, music time, story music. time. Yep. He'll still sit on you, but that's okay. So don't yep. worry about the fact that he's sitting on you. But yep. I think, you know, we have to remember that a generation ago, 19-month-olders were still sitting at home, you know, pouring water from one cup to the next. So mm. sometimes our expectation of what they're doing or what they should be doing is much yep. greater than actually what they do. You know, so I think, you know, it's okay to take it slower and make those transitions slower for him and give him the reassurance that he needs. You know, so 
don't worry about it too much. Okay, yeah. You know? okay. So I think the kids in the country are still out the back, you know, counting the pegs out of the peg basket. Yeah, so. and I was going to say my, my daughter was quite a solitary yeah. little girl until yeah. even year one. Yeah. So okay. she didn't really have her own group of friends and that's just, you wouldn't know the difference now. Yeah. Uh, just okay. children and are just different, aren't they? take a little bit longer and you get to know him and you know it's going to take him a little bit more to get in there. Um, but I think we sometimes rush little babies because he's only yeah. 19 months old. I know, and I kind of see other kids and I'm like, oh, Maxie, is, it, is he okay? Or is yeah, he, he's you know, perfectly fine. He's perfectly fine. Yeah. So, and he eats and he's, he's eating. Yeah. He's so he's eating and doing all that stuff. It's just and not he's, really he's done everything we've asked him to do. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a good little he's been, one. He's been a great little kid yeah. following all the... Fantastic. Enjoy um, it. You know, He's a boy. He's going to run away from you soon. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm not looking forward to, right? So I'm like, oh, I don't know why. Like the fact that you're keeping close, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Thanks okay. so much. Yeah, no problem. Have Bye, a good weekend. Fiona. Bye. Bye-bye. We have time for just one more question. This is from Rachel from on email. Um, I hope you can help me with transitioning my 18-month-old to one-day sleep. He currently does two sleeps, but I'm not sure when to transition him. He wakes between 6 to 7 a.m. each day and gets tired around 10.30 a.m. I can sometimes push it till 11.30 a.m., but only sleeps for about one hour, then sleeps again at 3 to 4 p.m. Bedtime is 7. I've also tried pushing it to 12 p.m., but then he wakes after an hour and won't go down at 3 p.m., and it's a wreck for the rest of the day. I'm worried about changing to one sleep if he's only sleeping for an hour. Any advice? It's pretty much like the last one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's the same advice that we gave to the previous caller. So what I'd start doing is decreasing that first sleep down. So it's a really short sleep and that should lengthen the afternoon sleep. So don't push it out. Just bring it forward, actually, so you have enough time in the day to do both sleeps. So reducing the morning one, lengthening the longer afternoon one. And then when you make the transition to uh, to one sleep, you'll find it'll go much better. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's all we have time for Helpline um, on this episode of Feed, Play, Love. We have a Helpline Extra this Mm -hmm. Tuesday night. It will be on the Babyology Facebook page. This week, we're looking at how you stop a toddler smacking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry if you're in that position, but you should watch the video because Chris will help you find a way out of it. Um, So thank you, everyone, on the Facebook page for their questions. Chris, thanks for your time today. Oh, it's always a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. If you have any questions for Chris, you can send them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Researchers want all pregnant women to know about a relatively common virus called CMV. Most babies that are born with CMV uh, will be perfectly healthy. Um, so if anyone you know, thinks they've been exposed to it, please don't panic out there. Uh, most babies are fine, um, but uh, a proportion of babies will have these really um, quite significant long-term outcomes. That's Dr Hayley Smithers-Sheedy from the Cerebral Palsy Alliance. She says there are some very simple steps to avoiding the virus. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. Hold up. 